You are now tuning into Embracing My Markings with your girl, Maribel Kings, where we dive into topics of self-growth, pain, trauma healing, and generational curses through many individuals sharing their life experiences in hopes to empower others through their experience sharing. Always stay connected through EmbracingMyMarkings.com. back. I'm so excited today. <laughs> we have a beautiful human being. She, I met her through TikTok and I just want you guys, I want to share um, the video that I came across from her that I love and I know you guys are going to love her. She's Latina um, and let's just hear what I heard first and why I fell in love with her and then I'll go ahead and introduce her to you guys. I enjoy driving around rich people's houses. I remember every Halloween we'd cross the border and visit the wealthy neighborhoods of the other side. Si le vieran la carita llena de emoción, sentirían la misma nostalgia que siento yo. I suspect she'd like to think that that would be her house one day. Que algún día viviríamos esa vida. Pasa mucho en mi cultura. Es el sueño americano. Pero hace años el país le quitó la visa a mi mamá and she couldn't come see me during my college graduation. Every time I walk by a wealthy neighborhood, I think of her, and I think of me. I see my mother sitting back home in Mexico tomando café y pensando en otra vida. This is how our society raises us, queriendo otras vidas, pensando en otras vidas. Mamá, quisiera que fueras feliz en esta que nos tocó. When I was little... Vianney. ¿Lo estoy pronunciando bien, mujer? Vianney. Vianney. Sí, Vianney. Hi. Hola, bienvenida. Hola, thank you for having me. I feel so honored and so happy to be here. So, I don't know if I can cut this or if I can hold my emotion. Mm, it's okay. It take your time. Ay, mujer, nadie me ha hecho llorar así. <laughs> Pero, um, cuando encontré tu cuenta... Oh, let me put myself together. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, eh, realmente eres una, una mujer que escribe unos poemas hermosísimos. Um, cuando te encontré, me pude identificar contigo de muchas maneras. Ese nomás es un video. Ese creo que fue el primer video que vi de tu mm -hmm. cuenta. And it just made me fall in love with you, girl. Like, I was just like, oh my God, she, like, does she know me? <laughs> Is she writing about me? <laughs> and, and it made me want to know more about you and what you mm -hmm. are. But before we even move on, can you please share with everybody where they can find you on Instagram and um, TikTok? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, by the way, thank you for your beautiful words. They they make me, my heart so warm, so thank you. <laughs> and um, you can find me on, in, both my Instagram and TikTok usernames are the same. So it's at Capri Scorpio. And on TikTok, I share a lot of, of my poetry in like visual and audio form. And then on my Instagram, I share a lot of my poetry that I don't share on TikTok in like written form and also you know, more personal photos of my life and stuff so 
Yes. Feel free to follow the two accounts. Yes. So I definitely follow you on on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I honestly, Bea's. I just reached out to her. I think it was last night, and mm-hmm. she responded so quickly. So thank you so much for that. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. you to respond so fast, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did because. Um, Oh, I just you were one of the people that I was like I really want to talk to her quiero conocerla como llegaste a este punto um, y I'm looking forward to following you on Instagram because if you share more stuff on there you know that you don't share on TikTok <laughs> I want to hear that too oh, so. thank you yeah no on Instagram I because I've been on Instagram using it as like a, a platform for my poetry and for Um, like community stuff for a long really long time for about like five six years and that's where I started sharing my poetry and then I, I paint too so like some of my paintings and then it was during the pandemic that I started using TikTok I was like oh let's see I was like let's see what the hype is about and that's when I downloaded TikTok and started like sharing doing videos so Yeah, so doing these type of videos for my poetry is new to me because I used to only share it in written form on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's just barely that I started creating it um, and in like visual and audio form. And and it's been great so far. Yes, yes. Y tienes una voz tan bonita. Like mm, so soothing. But... Like maybe you should do like a relaxation oh. thing where you're just reading your poems <laughs> to us. <laughs> Because de veras que sí, tienes una, una voz hermosa donde te calma, like, I don't know, y tienes, tienes mucho talento, mujer. Entonces, um, me dio tanto gusto ver que somos vecinas, um, eres de Tijuana y San Diego, <laughs> so I love that, porque yo estoy en San Diego también. Um, maybe one day we can meet up for coffee, that would be great. Uh-huh. Pero este quiero conocer tu historia, tanto que compartes siendo, uh-huh. you know, Mexican American. Um, ¿Creciste en México o aquí en los dos lugares? Uh-huh. Crecí en México. So, my, both of my parents are from Tijuana. Okay. And cuando mi mamá, I'm the oldest daughter, I have a sister. Oh. And when my mom was pregnant, um, she wanted both my sister and I. To, I, I'm very privileged to have U.S. citizenship porque mi mamá está embarazada and when she was about to give birth to me like she crossed the border she was like nope like my daughter is having um, citizenship so I was born in, in San Diego and then right after I was born was, I came back to um, Tijuana and that's where I lived my whole life for 18 years until I moved to San Francisco for college and I lived in San Francisco for six years wow and yeah I lived there for six years and then I was planning on staying there longer pero luego pasó la pandemia my job closed down and I was worried about being away from my family so I decided to uh, come back to Tijuana um, just last year I came back to TJ and mm. yeah that's, that's where I'm at right now Oh my God! Well, I'm glad you're back. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. You're closer. I mean, San Francisco is bonito, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's not San Diego or TJ. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. I really love San Francisco. I, I got a lot of opportunities for my writing. That's mainly why I moved over there because at the time that I wanted my writing to bloom, como que en Tijuana 
todavía no habían muchas comunidades artísticas and in San Diego it's, it's still still now it's very hard to navigate mm -hmm. finding people of color especially artists or LGBT plus communities that do art mm -hmm. um, it's not so easy so I was like oh I want to move to San Francisco because I, I would visit once in a while my mommy really liked San Francisco so we would visit and I knew that's where I wanted to go for my writing to kind of take off Yeah, and it, it did. I, I got a lot of opportunities, met a lot of awesome people. I had a book published in San Francisco, and oh yeah, God. so it was fun. Then yeah, I'm back, and I'm I'm very sad to be back because I feel like my my writing journey was not over yet over there. But oh. I know that everything happens for a reason. I know the universe knew that was the time that I needed to you know leave, and it, it, I know it has plans for me and. It's been doing, going great so far because now that I'm here, I'm finding other opportunities and finding other communities through my TikTok and social media. So, yeah, yes. everything is kind of oh. falling into place. Me da tanto gusto, me da tanto, tanto gusto um, escuchar eso. And I, I hope that, you know, in your future endeavors, you have so much success. I, now I'm kind of curious to know your book that you've written. I want one. How can I get one? <laughs> um, and now that you're here, you know, hopefully, because I know from six years ago to now, things have changed so much everywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many more, um, I think, outlet for us. And I hope that you can remain in San Diego to create that that community that you were looking for mm -hmm. now that you have a little bit more experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, first about my book. So my book, I was able to publish it because I won a writing contest in San Francisco. It was called Lucha Libro. Okay. It was really fun. And I won the contest and the prize was like getting your book published. And I was on a contract for three years with um, an editorial in San Francisco. Okay. But my contract is over. It was it, it ended last week. So I no longer have copies of my book. Oh, no. But yeah, I know. But with all the support that I've been getting on TikTok, and a lot of people have been messaging me on Instagram asking if I have a book, if I'm planning on publishing. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is my sign to write another book. And because yes. the book that I had was on one specific topic and on one specific event that happened in my life. But I want to kind of write one with my whole story from my childhood to my my adult life so that's why I'm kind of happy to be back here como en la frontera so I could because I I'm privileged to have both sides to look it up like look into it in TJ and then look into it in San Diego and yes. have more options for myself yes yes I I root for you and you know now it's so much easier than it was it used to be before you know you used to mm -hmm. want to have a contract and have a publishing house but now you don't need that you can do it all by yourself on it on Amazon um you know they have mm -hmm. the the Kindle writing or whatever like you can publish your own books and mm -hmm. so oh I'm looking forward to that but <laughs> yeah. give us a little bit of you know like how did you grow up and you uh -huh. know what at what age did you know you were interested in writing and you know what was your mm -hmm. childhood like I have so many questions <laughs> mm. Sorry. yeah no you're fine yeah so um and actually like this is also new for me because nobody has really asked me about my childhood or you know how I grew up I've mostly talked about like my present self 
when I do like collabs or like I, I've been on other podcasts. So it's, I'm like, oh, this is interesting having to talk about my childhood because, you know, based on what you've seen on my, my TikTok and on my Instagram, it wasn't a very easy childhood for me. So mm-hmm. you have to think about it and retell it as a story. But so I lived in Mexico, right? In Tijuana for 18 years. And I went to a, my sister and I went to a private Catholic school for about six years. So for elementary school. And I struggled a lot in that school. <laughs> like, era muy difícil, no era, no era como mi ambiente. I, I have poems about that that I posted on my Instagram about being in that school and how, you know, being exposed to shame and guilt from such a young age. Um, mm. You know, porque yo me acuerdo que todos los viernes nos confesábamos. You know, like we were little kids and we had to go and see this sacerdote confesarnos. Like, what? could you possibly have you know at such an early age yeah um yeah so that was one thing and i remember like i i, I struggled a lot because i've always been a very quiet person siempre sido como muy seria muy no sé observadora and i remember my mom always tells a story about taking me to a therapist when i was little i don't even remember it but my mom said she took me to see a therapist because i was always so quiet and just you know taking care of my sister and I never wanted to play with kids and she took me to a therapist um, <laughs> because she was worried that I was a sad child and <laughs> the therapist um, yeah the therapist told her like she's fine she's just a kid she's just that's her personality but whenever my mom tells the story and I only know it through her but I just think about how you know kind of sad that is the fact that you know I, I think that for me Hearing that story is kind of like a, it's a very crucial part of the way that I see myself today because I am a very, I'm very self-conscious about who I am and I'm still that quiet little girl. Like I don't know how to communicate. I don't, I'm not good at confrontation. I'm not good at socializing, you know, outside of, you know, writing and, you know, texting people, emailing people when it comes to like face to face. So elementary school was very hard in 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 that experience in that Sense. environment. But yeah. then when I was in sixth grade, my sister was in fifth grade. My parents decided that we would go to a school in San Diego. Oh, okay. so yeah, so that was a change. But for me, it it, it kind of I don't know. I felt liberated because I was out of that you know Catholic environment and you know it was a private school so it was a lot of like you know rich kids from Tijuana and I just I never felt like I fit in with them so when I moved to San when I moved to San Diego we crossed the border to go to school um that's kind of that's sixth grade and and in this school it was the Nestor Elementary School oh okay it was yeah so that's where my writing Kind of journey started because I remember that I was I came in late into the summer at the into the year and I came in like in October and I had a teacher and I'll never forget him and I, I always thank him because he was kind of el que comenzó todo en mi escritura. his name is um, Mark Rosillo he was my sixth grade teacher wow and I don't know how he found out that I liked the writing because I used to have like journals and diaries y escribía porque como yo no hablaba o no me expresaba and there was also like a lot going on with my my family like with my parents their relationship and then my sister 
always kind of struggled with school. We siempre estaba como enferma. So there was a lot that I was seeing as a kid. Like I was observing like my parents' relationship being kind of, you know, weird and my sister um, like being in the en el doctor y como que no, no se le facilitaba la escuela. So I would see a lot. So I would just write in my diary, in my journal, and I would write like, you know, silly poems here and there. And then um, I think probably my mom told my teacher that I was into writing. And then so he told me that there was this essay contest going on where you had to write about a border that you had to cross. But the contest was like, you had to talk about like a physical border, right? It was like for immigrant children. Okay. Um, for children of immigrants. And I was like, oh, I was very, I was very shy. And I didn't know any English at, at that point. Uh-huh. So I told my teacher, like, uh, I, I don't really want to join the contest. Porque no sé inglés. I was like, I don't know any English. How am I going to write the contest with an English? And then he was like, I'll help you. Agarramos un diccionario. Yo te ayudo a traducir. Escríbelo y yo te lo reviso. Like, he was really, really pushing me to join um, the contest. And I was like, okay, I guess. So I just, I sat on the computer in my classroom and I just wrote. And I wrote about, my mom has like a, bone condition se llama fibromia fibromialgia I think that's what yes. it's called fibromialgia uh -huh. uh -huh, uh -huh. so ella tiene eso y yo escribí eso porque growing up um, yo la veía mi mamá como batallaba como sometimes in the morning she couldn't get out of bed eh, cuando hacía frío este pues le dolían los huesos y no podía hacer mucho and I remember sometimes we would go to like the snow and she, she wouldn't get out of the car because she no podía pues, 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 so I wrote about that because that was to me it would make me really sad to see my mom that way pues sí, so struggling. I just about that mm -hmm. y, y I just I was like okay here's my essay like que sea lo que Dios quiera I, I really didn't think it was going to go anywhere because I didn't think my English was that good and I didn't think my story was that good so then I just sent it and I remember like two weeks later Um, my teacher calls my mom and tells her that I won the contest and my mom was like crying and I was like what? I was so surprised yeah and so tuvieron como un evento para que eran como diferentes categorías I won la categoría como de niños uh -huh. and it was like this event where you would read your essay out loud to like an audience of a lot of people and oh my god like how nerve breaking <laughs> Yeah, and it was like in Mission Valley, I remember. And y pues vino, mi fam vino pues mi papá, mi mamá y mi hermana. And I just had to read my essay and there was like so many people. It was like a big event. Y, y yo lo leí, pues yo me acuerdo que lo leí así normal, ¿no? Porque pues I, I never really cry when I read my poetry and I never, I don't know. Okay, so your parents came and, and it was in Mission Valley and you had to read your mm -hmm. story out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was reading it and I was just like, okay, like, just tell me my story, you know? And then I look up and I see people crying, like strangers crying and my mom crying, my dad crying. And I was like, oh, wow, like, that was the first time that I realized the power that my words could hold because I was seeing people, my words have such an emotional effect on people. And my teacher was there, y sus ojos estaban llorosos, and I was like, okay, when I was seeing them, and then when I got off, and my mom was hugging me, my dad was hugging me, I realized, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to write, and I want to, you know, move audiences like that. Like, I want to 
make people feel something with my writing. So, oh girl, you make us feel. Let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) you make us feel. (laughs) Like yes, I can say yes. You have that power. (laughs) Is is this a superpower? (laughs) Oh yeah. So I just continued writing, and I went to middle school and high school in San Diego. But we would cross the border every day. We would. Um, I remember we would wake up at like three, four in the morning mm-hmm. and my dad would work in San Diego too. So he would take us with him sometimes in el carro, sometimes walking and then we would take the bus and he would drop us off like in la escuela and then he would continue taking the bus to his job. So we did that through the end of high school and after high school, that's when I decided to, to move out to college and I remember like uh, the day that our my friends because I moved up to San Francisco with three of my best friends and you know yeah like parents were crying my friends were crying and I I like I wasn't sad and I feel bad saying this but I I wasn't sad because I felt like it was a chapter for me where I could just live my life for myself because like I said when I was little growing up I saw a lot of things in my family and I saw a lot of chaos and violence and um, just unhappiness and so much that when I moved away, I was like, this is a chance for me to just start over and just be the artist of my dreams and be away also because my, my, my mom was very strict growing up and I've always been very... I guess like non-conventional, like no me gusta como seguir las reglas de la sociedad y del patriarcado. Like I've never liked that. And so you've always questioned know, moving, it. You've mm-hmm, always questioned yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So moving away from me, I was like, I feel so finally free here. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, so happy. Pero y, y creo que eso es algo que que todos, you know, we can all kind of um, relate to that. Because in a way, I think it's just the Mexican culture that's like that. Because mm-hmm. my parents were very traditional into the book girl. Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had to have a chaperone when I was dating my husband. I <laughs> I oh. could only leave my house two ways, either in a coffin or married. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I couldn't leave any other way. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I remember even when I started working, I was already I was already in college and mm-hmm. I would work sometimes in the evenings and pues después del trabajo we would all get off like at 11 and they would be like oh let's go to Dave and Buster's and come on Maribel why don't you go and I'm like my dad doesn't let me what do you mean your dad doesn't mm-hmm. let you you're an adult you're in college and I'm like yeah my dad doesn't care <laughs> yeah you know um so I I can understand that and then when you said you know that they put you in a catholic school that alone is like también, you know, me imagino que su fe es muy fuerte tus papás mm-hmm. um, so that definitely had something to do with it, but I kind of wanted to address something that you said earlier you said you didn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. and and it seems like you found that way to communicate through your poetry, would mm-hmm. that be correct? Yeah, so yeah, definitely through my poetry, through writing and I think I think it was both. I wasn't raised to know how to communicate, but I also did it by choice because 
like I said, my sister and I are very different and I love my sister so much. I always say that my sister is my soulmate um, mm. and we are so different, but I remember seeing her growing up and struggling with school, with her physical health. She was in and out of the doctor. Um, she she was, and I was always like the good girl, la bien portadita, buenas calificaciones, yeah. um, getting medallas, diplomas, and then she was the opposite. And I remember seeing her struggle and seeing her suffer a lot. And um, mi mamá la regañaba mucho y le pegaba mm. mucho. Y como que I would see that, and then I would also see like my dad struggling a lot and my mom struggling a lot i now you know as a 27 year old that went to therapy is then went to therapy i do see that both of my parents have wounds and scars and mm-hmm. i i've said it before they both have in their children that are very sad and i understand that but i i you know i the memory still hurt you know of, of seeing what that what that how that affected my sister and I as their children so I think by choice because I would see the three of them my mom my dad and my sister struggle and suffer so much I took it upon myself to not add to that suffering or to that stress so I would just sit back and I remember I used to tell my therapist that I my childhood, I see myself as like a secondary character, like an, uh, como no sé, una espectadora, I, me just watching a movie of people playing in front of me because I would not say anything. If there was something that my mom said or my dad said or did that hurt me, I would not say anything about it. I remember cuando mi mamá me regañaba, I would never cry. I, I would tell myself, I'm not going <laughs> to let my mom know that she just hurt me. Like, I'm not going to cry. And I would just... I would smile at her or roll my eyes. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm not going to cry. So because I would, como que me guardaba todo. Entonces, that's where, when I started turning to, into, to like writing and having my journals. I have so many journals from when I was a kid. And then also I, I say I wasn't raised to be able to communicate because, um, uh, my, my, my mom, like I said, was, was very strict and it was just kind of i always hear about families where you know like the dad is el que manda y es como que el jefe de la casa uh-huh. but in my case it was my mom it was like mm-hmm. my dad was always very quiet almost and in a poem that i uploaded on TikTok, i did say my my parent my dad was almost like a ghost like he was there but he wasn't really like he was just he was very observant as well so mi mamá era muy estricta pero también era muy como muy necia muy así como de disciplinarnos so I as a kid I was very scared of her and even as a teenager too even when I went to college I resonate with what you said about you know being an adult but still being controlled by your parents because I, I moved away I wasn't living with them anymore but my mom would still kind of control a lot of the things that I would do and when I tell my friends about it they're like why did you let her like you were living like 500 miles away from her and it's because you don't have a choice you, you, <laughs> yeah, you don't know you, you don't know yeah. that you have a choice uh-huh. yo, yeah like because uh-huh. even like, now <laughs> sorry sorry uh-huh. sorry no, no, yeah. but even now you know i'm just learning to be myself uh-huh. 
Y yeah, eso que ya, ya yo ya llevo 15 años de casa. Bueno, ya voy para 15 años de casada en mayo. Oh. And, you know, I have a teenage son. <laughs> And I live mm -hmm. in my own house. We've always lived in our own house. I don't live with my parents. It's been, you know, almost 15 years that I haven't lived with them. But they've always influenced my life. Um, yeah. And I didn't even notice, you know, the... The episode that you'll hear by the time this comes out, um, the episode that came out on December 1st with the, with therapist Ana Chavez, um, mm -hmm. I talk about how I woke up from a nightmare and I didn't realize until then. And this is a nightmare that I just woke up from like a couple weeks ago. I didn't mm -hmm. realize all the resentment that I have against my mom. Mm -hmm. And I think also, I mean, my dad was the disciplinary with us. He was definitely not a ghost. <laughs> Pero my mom mm -hmm. también era dura, you know. And yeah. at least she hugged me more than everybody else. Because just like you're saying, your sister was the sick one. I was mm -hmm. the sick one in my family. I was always mm -hmm. in the hospital. Um, so in a sense, I got a little bit more love from my parents than, you know, the rest of my siblings. Mm -hmm. But... It was still hard being raised and it isn't until now, like you mentioned, being in therapy and understanding they didn't have the tools. They didn't have, mm -hmm. you know, if we look back at their relationship with their parents and then their parents relationship with their parents, you know, cuando te vas mm -hmm. down the line, yeah. it's like it only keeps getting worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. But now it's nice to know that we're able to break those curses. Mm -hmm. And that's one yeah. of the things that we love to discuss here at Embracing My Markings, you know, that we do carry everything that we do in life and where we're at has to do with our childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, a very complex process and journey because I I never really realized. It's kind of like you said about you waking up from your nightmare and realizing how much resentment you had towards your you know your 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 parents i i never really realized how much and i don't know if i can even call it resentment but i still don't know the name of the emotion that i feel towards my parents and it wasn't up until i started therapy because i started kind of uncovering all those wounds that yeah. i kind of just you know let them go just to survive to be able to survive and it, it was through therapy that i realized like Oh wow, like my father and mother wounds are huge and I didn't realize and then as I went to ther through therapy I started also learning compassion and empathy and knowing like you said like the way that you know our parents raised us the only ways that they knew how to and it's also sad for me to you know see my mom sometimes I sit and I, I imagine her as a child being you know unhappy and sad and not supported and I see my dad too as a child and it makes me so sad but at the same time it's very it's it's very complex because I see that and I have compassion for both of them mm -hmm. but at the same time The anger is still there, you know, and the, the resentment is still there because it's like, you know, I'm acknowledging your inner child and I want to hug them so bad. But what about my inner child? You know, like who's hugging mm -hmm. my inner child? I'm hugging my inner child because nobody else is like I as the person who is breaking the generational curse. 
we're carrying all this weight and all the work that nobody before us did. So, and I talk about this with my sister because she's also breaking the generational curse. She's also going to therapy and we talk about it a lot about how, you know, yes, we're, we're doing great and we're doing it for generations to come, but sometimes you have those moments in which you're like, why do I have to do all the work? You know, like, why did nobody before me do it? Like, I'm left with all of this history and all of this, you know, pain and suffering that happened before I was even born. And I'm left mm -hmm. to just, you know, pick apart, pick it apart and pick up the pieces and then see what I'm taking and what I'm not, what I'm learning. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's knowing that people after you will not have to go through what you're going through you know so if I have kids in the future or whatever it may be you know they won't have to sit at a therapist's office and feel the resentment that I feel or feel you know the anger that I feel or wake up from nightmares like you did you know yes, so yes. I want to think that this is all going to be worth it Even though it's really, really hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Pero yo creo the reason, I, I, at least this is how I see it. And you tell me what you think. I see it like mm -hmm. this because I think at the beginning when I started working on myself, I was very mad um, at my family. Like, like you said, why didn't you guys do the work? Why did I still have mm -hmm. to face this? And, you know... It, with mexican families there's so much family <laughs> mm -hmm. even yeah. even those relationships are complicated you know i never yeah. i never met my my dad's parents because they passed away when i was a little girl um mm -hmm. and they lived in leon my family's from leon guanajuato um but i did meet my mom's parents and my grandfather he was the sweetest guy i named my son after him like i love my grandfather but my grandmother my mom's mom mm -hmm. bruja la señora bruja you know and she hated my guts and you know i love her because she gave me my mom you know but i can tell that my mom didn't know any better like mm -hmm. even if she would have tried there was just so much ignorance i think in their times yeah. and that's how i see it like it's okay you know and i i've never brought it up with my parents because i know if i do they would get offended um they mm -hmm. wouldn't accept what i'm saying because to them they did the best that they could and it's not that they were bad parents I, I hate to say that they were bad parents because I think they were just the parents that they only knew to be and at least they did better than what their parents did with them <laughs> yeah so in a way it's kind of it's getting better and it sucks that we're the ones that have to carry the weight and that we're the ones that are doing the work but okay we know that our you know future generations are not going to have to go through that they'll have their own issues in another way because nobody's perfect mm -hmm. yeah But mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I, my relationship with my son is very different than the relationship that my parents had with me or, you know, mm -hmm. the relationship that my husband has with my son is very different from the one that he had with his parents. Mm -hmm. um, and we're proud of that. We want our son to feel safe at home. We want him to feel heard. We want him to feel understood and loved um, above mm -hmm. all. Yeah, lo demás, pues, you know, we can't control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, that's oh. I'm so happy for your son that, that, you know, he has both you and your, your husband. 
Thank you. Thank you. So once you when you when you told them that you were going to move away, you said it was really hard on them. Did it was it hard to tell them that you were going to move away? Um, no, not really. Actually, I that was one thing that I am I really appreciated about both of them. They were supportive in me moving out, and I think I think it was because I throughout my whole life, like I, I, I mentioned, I was always la bien portadita, buenas calificaciones. Um, because that was the way that I knew I would get, you know, recognition and love from my parents, you know, doing great and getting all these accomplishments because I would see my sister struggling with school y la regañaban mucho, le pegaban mucho. So then I was like, okay, so then a way for me to not be regañada y que me peguen is doing good in school. So I, I was always like a A plus student. So I think because of that narrative that I kind of built over the years, my parents expected me to to go to college and do well, I guess, in their own terms. So when I got accepted to SFSU, they were both very happy. And I they, they helped me move um, up to SF. And, but like I said, I was still kind of being controlled by by both of them, they, I, I had my bank account like linked to their bank account, so they would see like my bank statements and. Oh, um, ¿Por qué yeah. tanto? ¿A dónde fuiste? Yeah, mm -hmm. They would call me and be like, ¿Por qué gastaste en este aquello? Or like, they still had. Well, my mom had like passwords to my social media and oh my, my email, so she would check my stuff. Yeah, and but I was already like 18 and 19. It wasn't until my sophomore year in college that I was like, what? Like, you know what? What am I doing? Like, I could just get a bank account by myself. And it was that whole thing of like me being scared of like, no sé, desafiar a mi mamá o esa figura de autoridad. Yes. Even though I could. And I had that power because I was living in San Francisco. My mom was in Tijuana and I had the power to be independent from her. But I, I was so scared. And I, it wasn't until one day I just decided to do it and I just did it. And like, she did get upset. Um, but I mean, she got over it. Like, was she gonna do stop talking to me forever? <laughs> and I think that was the first time I ever like set a boundary, but I was so scared. Like, I made my propia cuenta de banco, I changed my passwords and um, I remember she wasn't happy with the relationship that I was in, but I, my relationship went through a lot because of my mom, but I, I continued to have that relationship and, and yeah, so it was hard. My first couple of years of college were hard because of the way that, I don't know, como que si me dejaron ir a la universidad, pero como que todavía querían tenerme bien agarradita desde lejos. Yeah. And, Do you think so it then, was more like a protection though? Like it's hard for our mm -hmm. parents to let go of us because they're hard or, or, or I'm sorry, they're scared for us to be hurt or to mess up. Do you think it's that? Mm -hmm. That they kind of project their insecurities onto mm -hmm. us? I for my experience, I kind of I don't know. I don't for me personally, I think it was kind of the fact that both of them saw me in their eyes as, you know, the perfect girl who 
had straight A's and who just did as she was told and who was great with authority figures because I had no boundaries. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I started like, you know, living my life and, you know, spending money the way that I wanted to, being in a relationship with the person that I wanted to be with at the time, they kind of, como que se les estaba yendo su niña perfecta. So yeah, mm. maybe it was fear, but fear of losing that perfect girl because my, my mom is very, she's big on like, presumirnos a mi hermana, you know, with her friends. And oh, so el que Mm-hmm, yeah, so diga. I think it was that, like worried about me. Y, y tengo una familia muy chismosa también, como que también when I was in oh, college, like do. a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah, like my tías or my cousins yes. would send my mom screenshots of my <gasps> things that I would post on social media and then my mom would call me, like things like that. So it was just, I think it was most for, for my mom, like miedo de como que dirán, de como me voy a ver ante la familia, ante la sociedad, sus amigas, sus amigos. So I think it was that. And for my dad, I really don't know. I do think maybe for my dad, it was more of like a protective thing. Because yes, you were his little hmm. girl. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were very close. Me and my dad were very, very close. Because we were we were very similar in like personalidad, so so that's what happened my first two years of college, and then when I was finally free, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna set my boundary, and I'm just gonna be live my life, and then my parents get divorced. <laughs> like when after that, no. like yeah, like three years into college, and then it all went downhill from there in college. Yeah. Oh my god, I was not expecting mm-hmm. that, girl. Hold on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get there, I just have one question. Mm-hmm. When you changed your passwords to your social media, what did your mom say? She was she was mad. Yeah, I I, I don't remember a lot from that part of my life because um, something very traumatic happened between my mom and I where she saw this message on my email with my boyfriend at the time and it was like todo un drama like it was just very hard for me like yeah like yeah like my mom called me all these names and you know yeah I don't really want to go much into it because it was very traumatizing for me and I have poems about that and I, I understand. Day, my mom denied that it happened like <laughs> she says right. that it, it never happened mm-hmm. yes yeah, you know, so, you, I that's mm-hmm. another thing that we can click on girl because I had that happen to me too, and my mom uh-huh. hates me bringing it up. She's kind of like, "Yeah, oh, ya vas a empezar." Didn't mm-hmm. happen like yeah. that, and I'm like, uh-huh. "Oh, yes, it did." Like te hacen pensar como que uno está loco, and, or te hacen sentir como que si estás loca, and, and you're yeah. not, and you're not. Um, so no, don't worry, you don't have to go into mm-hmm. it. I just wanted to know like what happened because yeah. I mean, so I never she, yeah. experienced that mm-hmm. kind of. Um, yeah, so she got mad. Yeah, so when that happened, same with with you. Like that thing that happened between my mom and I, and it only happened because she would go into my social media, my email, you know, like el que busca encuentra. So, uh-huh. and like I said, she wasn't happy with the relationship that I was in. So she found the messages, and she, yeah, it was like a whole thing, and and that specific event and it was also because it happened during my birthday week like it was during my birthday oh, week no. and I had come home for the holidays and it was going to be my birthday my mom canceled everything I was going to go to like on a trip with my best friend so she canceled it no me dejo salir de la casa mi cumpleaños so 
that. Like my that's I have a complicated relationship with my birthday because of that, and it was also like the the starting point of like me having a complicated relationship with my mom because it was the first time that I kind of felt this like I don't know como este coraje por su parte de ella hacia mí and it was just very hard it was very very hard I, I remember going back to San Francisco that winter break and just I was so sad and, and so broken. like broken broken I was yeah mm. I was so sad and so broken and then yeah so I I me salí first she got mad because me salí de su cuenta de banco mm. she, she called me she was like ¿por qué? no necesitas hacer eso ¿para qué? no hay necesidad and then with the passwords as well pero luego se le pasó. I think she came to her senses and and yeah, so she was upset at first, pero luego como que pues ya que podía hacer, you know, y aparte I never realized the fact that I was 500 miles away from her. Like, what was she gonna do? Like, get on a plane and come to my house? <laughs> yeah, pero era como ese miedo. Mi miedo que era tan grande que yo la sentía atrás de mí, like, over my shoulder. And I remember my therapist mm -hmm. telling me this, like, multiple times last year. Like, hace cuenta que tu mamá es un globo y tú tienes el, el helio pa, y tú la inflas. O sea, tu mamá, you can just, like, you're so afraid of your mom, but you're giving her that much power over you y, y yo le decía a mi psicóloga es que yo siento que mi mamá a veces la veo como un gigante y yo me siento como un chiquitita como una miniatura and I feel like she overpowers me and, and, and my therapist would tell me like no like you can't do that like you have to find power in yourself to you know be it because you're an adult you're, you're not a kid anymore and that's mm -hmm. that's what would happen in college too like yo me veía como una niña chiquita como esa niña chiquita que tenía miedo que la castigaran que le pegaran que le gritaran even though I was already an adult so Yes. It was very hard. Yes. No, see, yo también, like, my, my therapist told me the same thing. Well, not, not, she wasn't that good. She didn't tell me about the global. But, <laughs> but you know, she would tell me, like, what's holding you to your parents? Like, mm -hmm. why haven't you cut the umbilical cord? And to mm -hmm. me, it was like, es esa habla satánica. Like, <laughs> what are you saying? Like, I can't do that to my parents, you know? And she's like, no, mm -hmm. but what's the worst that can happen when you make your mm -hmm. own decisions? I'm like, I can fail. And she goes, okay, mm -hmm. and what happens if you fail? And I'm like, well, I need them. Why do you need them? You're an adult. You have a husband. You have a kid that are depending on you. And I was like, oh, my God. Because cualquier cosita, that was, that, I think that was my biggest mistake when I got married, you know, when we were having, because everybody goes through really hard times when you're first getting, you know, um, married and acoplándote with your pareja and everything like that. Yeah. You know, we would have financial issues or we would have discussions, arguments, and I would run to uh -huh. my parents and she was like, stop doing that. You need yeah. to stop. You need to grow up. You need to face those problems by yourself and maybe yeah. then your parents will start treating you like an adult and it was like an eye-opening session because I was like oh my god you're so right why do I do that and and I think we're just so used to it pero ah, okay girl so then your parents get divorced <laughs> oh my god mm -hmm. after yeah. all that that they've been through yeah 
Yes. How so, did that affect okay. you? Oh, no, girl. It affected me so bad. Like, I always think of that moment. Because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a peaceful separation, you know, like, no, it was like a whole thing. Um, and I always say that for me was what started like the roller coaster going down. Like I, I really went downhill in college. Like mm. my parents, because they were already having issues. Um, yeah, yeah. Since I was like, yeah, since I remember my quinceañera, like they weren't speaking to each other. Like in at my party, the night before they had a fight, and then in my quinceañera and my party, like no se hablaban, like cada uno por su lado, and I was just like. I was so confused and I was so sad because that was supposed to be a very happy day for me, but my parents yes. weren't speaking to each other. Y luego me acuerdo que, pues, you know how en las quinceañeras they, they, hay un fotógrafo y, y toman fotos and like, I remember like for the photos, like they would pretend to be okay with each other y posaban para las fotos conmigo, but they weren't, you know, and I, I had that memory of them fighting the night before. So mm. they had issues for, for years, but my... My second year of college was when they finally, like, just se separaron. But like I said, it wasn't a peaceful um, separation. I remember my mom would call me a lot. And that was another thing, too. I think for the longest and growing up and being a teenager, being that kid who was, like, the quiet one, la, la observadora. My, my, both of my parents me veían como alguien muy madura. So both of them would turn to me when they had problems. And I remember, like, when I was still living with my parents, y se peleaban, mi papá would come into my room crying, like, talking about my mom, and, like, you know, yeah, telling me all these things, and I was just, like, a kid or a teenager. Or when they were in, cuando se estaban separando, and I was in college, my mom would call me a lot on the phone. In the middle of the night, she would call me crying, telling me Venting. things about my dad. Yes. Yeah, so... Or my sister, like, she would call me too, crying, saying, because my sister stayed, like, she didn't move away um, for college or anything. Like, she stayed in, in Tijuana with my parents, so she saw it all, like, firsthand. So she would call me crying, and, and to me, it was like... Hold on, quick question. I, sorry, mm -hmm. sorry, sorry to cut you yeah. real quick. Quick question. Did they treat your sister as... Um, were they as possessive with your sister as they were with you like did they have her social media passwords and mm -hmm. were they like looking after her as well and everything yeah yeah they they had both of our passwords but it was it was different because like como he dicho que mi hermana batalla mucho con la escuela como que they had this image of my sister como que for me como que yo era la perfecta y uh -huh. ella la imperfecta so I think the expectations were different they were lower um, yeah and I think because I was the oldest that's why they would turn to me a lot um and then that's a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. on your shoulders I mean <laughs> oh, yeah. there's hasta ya ves que hay un dicho que el primero el, el primogénito o primogénita siempre es la que sufre más o sufre más mm -hmm. um, yeah but oh my god so how did you finally or have you set that boundary with your parents to be like okay I'm your daughter I'm not your therapist mm -hmm. and I'm not your best friend like yeah stop um, it well I <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I, I know. Something like I should have said that when I was little because I, I remember both of them coming to me or like sometimes my sister and I both remember like they would fight. Mm-hmm. They would call my sister and I to like the table and my mom would be like, ¿Qué piensas o qué opinas? And my sister and I were like, I remember we would be crying and telling her like, stop, like just let us go. Like we have nothing to say or like they would bring us into their arguments. Um, so with for my when it comes to my dad I don't I don't talk to my dad anymore he I haven't spoken to him in years and he yeah like he has a new family now he lives um I think he lives somewhere in Mexico I don't know um but when it comes to my mom like even to this day she she like so they got separated in like my second year of college that was like 2015 it's 2021 now six years after and my mom still talks about my dad and still brings him up, pero como que hablando mal, you know? And I, I used to just, up until last year, I used to just sit and listen to her talk about my dad, even though it like made me really angry because even though I know my dad, you know, played a part in their separation, both of them did, you know? Yes. I, I'm not ninguno, you know? That's their issues as a couple. Um, but I would just listen to my mom because I would think, like, you know, my mom has no one to talk to, you know? She she needs a shoulder to cry on, and I'm going to be that shoulder for her because mm-hmm. I'm a good daughter, and I need to be a good daughter. So I would just listen to my mom, and she would bring up my dad, cry about it, repeat the story all over again. And it wasn't up until like recently last year that I, you know, was in therapy and my therapist would tell me like, you're not your mom's therapist. Like Mm -hmm. she has her sisters. She has friends. My mom is a very social person. She has so many friends. Like she still has her friends from like secundaria, prepa, universidad. Like she has a lot of friends she can talk to. And she could also see a therapist if, you know, if she wanted to. And my therapist would tell me, you're not her therapist and you're not her friend. You're her daughter. Like. Just tell her to stop, and and it was so hard for me because I, even though I, I, I would feel resentment towards my mom when she would bring those things up, and it would hurt me to to hear about my dad because I I just want to close that chapter and just move on with my life. Like she would bring him up and bring up the story again, like I I. I would just listen to her, but it wasn't until recently that I I tell her like I don't like it when you talk about my dad. Like don't bring up my dad when we're together because. Is I'm gonna leave you. Like I'm, I'm not gonna come see you anymore. How did and, she respond? Well, at first she would be like, she would kind of like be like, oh, okay, and then continue talking about oh, it. Oh no! Pero como que ya, ya recientemente como que I've been very firm about like if I say I'm not gonna see you, if you keep talking about him, I'm not gonna see you. Like even though I'm gonna feel so guilty for like pintar mi raya y como que alejarme like I have to do it because otherwise she's not gonna understand like now como que se le sale and she still starts the conversation and she starts like bringing him up calling him names and I'm like ma ya te dije que no me gusta que hables de él and she's like ay si sí, cierto perdón and she like stops wow. but she's still como que todavía se le chispotea no sé, yeah <laughs> siento que se le sale automático porque she's just used to me yes. not having any boundaries and me just listening to her and I think it's I don't know like I usually like never have an opinion I just listen to her and and I don't know I think I, I sometimes I feel so bad I'm like 
she needs someone to listen to her but at the same time I'm like that's not my responsibility mm-hmm. like you know like mm-hmm. who's listening to me I'm over here writing poems and like going to therapy because <laughs> I have no one to listen to well you to have me. a big audience girl that cares yeah. about you and <laughs> that know. appreciates your work <laughs> Pero no, sí, o sea, si tu mamá quisiera, como dices, ella tiene esa posibilidad. And, and now there's no excuses. Mom, like, yeah. you can go to therapy. Like, it's okay. Um, uh-huh. You know, ya el que dirán es old news. Like, who cares what people uh-huh. say? Um, you know, you have to seek out for your mental health. And, uh-huh. you know, one question you not speaking to your dad for years is that something that he decided or you decided or -hmm. just happened well at first it was a thing that he decided and the thing that i was very confused about because i like i said my me and my dad were very very close like we when we would go on family trips like i would be with my dad and my sister would be with my mom I, i i used to have a very complicated relationship with my mom since i was a kid like my mom always tells the story of like when I was a little girl and one time que estamos en un mercado yo me subí al carro y cerré las puertas como con, con seguro and my mom was like outside of the car she was like open the car and I was like I didn't want to let her in or like I would ask her if, if I was adopted like she wasn't my real mom I don't know why like <laughs> I don't know why like I don't know I don't remember much of my childhood pero como que no chocábamos mucho y mi mamá yeah. so I was very close to my dad And even in, in college, my first year, when I would get, like, published in a, in a magazine or something, my dad would be the first person I would call. My dad was a very hardworking person, so when I, I got a job, my first job, I called him, like, so he was my go-to person. And then my parents got, se separaron, and there's also, like, a lot of things that happened, like, a lot of, like, um, private things that I'm, I'm still not very open about, and, like, to the public but a lot of things that happened with my dad and then he after that like he started writing letters to my my sister but only to my sister like not to me like they were directed to her and she would you know ask her how she was and then I remember like just be sitting there and being like why like I don't understand because my sister and my dad weren't really close they ellos también chocaban mucho yo chocaba con mi mamá y mi hermana chocaba con mi papá like they would argue a lot so then I was like what and then I remember one day I was already living in San Francisco but one day my sister told me that she ran into my dad and TJ and I was like oh did he ask about me and she said mm, no no not really and I was I was so confused I was like how how can you how can my dad just forget about me you know like I I don't exist and to this day I still wonder what it was sometimes I do think it's because he maybe le daba vergüenza like the yeah. things that I that I you know found out about him and also in in my book that I have I, I wrote a, the one that I had published I wrote a lot of things that I found out about my dad as my parents were getting separated through my mom or through my sister or you know through people and he read my book like he I remember he reached out to me like on on Facebook Messenger and he reached out to me when my book got published and he sent me a picture of like him holding my book and I was like oh shit like I didn't think he was gonna read it because I was so open about what happened and like how their separation affected me and how him like disappearing for years and like all the things that happened in my family and he reached out to me he sent me a message and he 
he apologized and he was like, no sabía que, que todo eso te había causado y que perdóname, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and he sent me the message and I, and I, I thanked him for it. Um, but I, I would tell my therapist, like, even when he sent me that message, I didn't, like, it felt so weird. It felt like I was speaking to a stranger because it had been so long and he just sounded so different. And I it, I felt like it was an interaction with a stranger. Like, I didn't feel anything. I, I, I was thankful that he apologized, but I just, I don't know. I didn't feel anything. And then, yeah, being in therapy, like, my therapist would ask me, like, do you want a relationship with your dad? Like, because he would send me messages here and there, like, saying hi on Facebook. <laughs> and I just, no, no, no me nacía contestarle because... No sé, I, I just didn't feel, le decía, me decía, ¿qué sientes cuando ves el mensaje? And I was told, I don't feel anything, like, I don't, I, I think that that's worse than feeling something because I want to feel something and I want to, want to have a relationship with him and I want to, you know, miss him or like want to talk to him, but I don't, like, I just feel like that's a stranger talking to me. And I, I, I do have a poem that in my book that, about a dream that I had about like, when I traveled to Mexico City and it was like an actual dream that I had about like me waking up and like, like I was, my hair was like red and yellow. And then like, I, I walked out of the bathroom and, and my dad was like sitting, like standing next to a chair. And then I went to the chair and my dad start, started like brush, brushing my hair. And I remember I wrote in the poem and in my dream, like I wanted to yell at him and I wanted to like ask him why he never asked about me, why he just left me. And I wanted to like scream and cry and like even hit him, but it just didn't come out. Like I was in my dream, I was just sitting there and he was brushing my hair and that was it. And then like I woke up and that was my dream and, and that was it. Yeah, and now he like, I know he lives somewhere in Mexico because my sister she still talks to him or would talk to him after you know he left and everything so like he has a new family and yeah and then when I when I first first found out that he was with this new person that had a daughter I was like okay <laughs> like like you know, he replaced like, me mm-hmm, yeah you know I I feel and, and this is just my opinion, girl. Like, you know, this no más mi opinión from way from the little bit of information that you've given me. I think, like you said, I think your dad feels shame, and I think mm-hmm. he doesn't know, especially because you said he's a very reserved and quiet person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really know how to reach out and speak to you. But I think mm-hmm. when the time is right, and whenever you decide to, I think you'll either reach out to him or try to make that connection but I think it's mm-hmm. going to have to come from your part um, porque si no it's going to be hard for your dad to do it porque no creo que él sepa how to go about it and it kind of sucks you know because that's your dad I, I'm a daddy's girl too y no me puedo imaginar mm-hmm. algo así like mm-hmm. all of a sudden like what the heck y como dices like okay so she has a daughter so now you replace me but you couldn't replace my sister so that's why maybe why you talk to her so like pero creo que a la mejor en el futuro you know I hope I hope yeah. that you guys are able to hash out whatever malos entendidos sea porque creo que es más eso and, and mm-hmm. the shame that he feels because there has to be yeah. some type of guilt as a dad even though he apologized 
as a parent you carry a lot of guilt all the time but then hearing it and, and not even knowing how to face you y aparte lo demás que había hecho <laughs> it's kind of like ah. pero yeah. pero I hope I hope that you guys are able to rekindle that because no matter what happens I mean that's your dad no, mm -hmm. eso, nadie, te, nadie te puede quitar eso, you know, que eres su hija. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see in the future as of right now. Like, I don't know, I feel like I, I worked so hard. Like, it took me years to, you know, be okay with the fact that my family was no longer the family that I knew. And even to this day, like, I hate Christmas and I hate, like, any type of holiday because it just, it doesn't feel the same. Like, it reminds my, you my of what you used to have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a, a, a poem on, like, I think it's called, like, The Empty Chair or something like that. Because I remember we had, like, a table con cuatro sillas. And my mom is not very close to her family. So Christmas and, like, the holidays, like, New Year's, my birthday, our birthdays, we would spend, like, just the four of us at our house. Mm. So now, like, without my dad, like, it was very clear that there was an empty chair on the table. So I, was, I remember just sitting there, like... Yeah, like just seeing that empty chair and being like, to me, that was so symbolic because, you know, to some people, it's just an empty chair. But to me, it was like a clear indication that our family was broken and that there was someone missing. And that's why to this day, like, I hate, I hate the holidays. I hate my birthday because it's, to me, it's just, it reminds me of how different things are now. But I've, I've also worked so hard for this, like, five, six years to kind of be okay with the fact that my family will never be the same and my my dad will never be the same like even if we were to talk again in the future um he will never be the same parent that he was because he also went through his traumatic things and you know mm -hmm. sometimes you cannot recover from that and you know my dad didn't have the resources that I have today to go to therapy and my mom also my mom changed a lot when she, cuando se separó mi papá her ya no era estricta my mom is not strict anymore at wow. all like do you think so it's much. that or do you think it's you putting up your boundaries no I think it was I think it was that because I think and, and my sister and I talk about this a lot for years I think that the issues that she had with my father and I think that my dad triggered my mom in a lot of ways mm -hmm. the same way that my mom maybe triggered my dad in a lot of ways they, I think they weren't compatible as a couple mm -hmm. I think that their trauma just you know took out the worst of each other so I think that because my parents had issues for so long for years before they finally got separated I think that because my mom was trapped in that relationship that she couldn't get out like she kind of her anger and frustration she would let it out on my sister and I and that's why she was so strict on us and you know regañaba tanto o de que a veces nos gritaba she was angry most of the time like my sister and I were scared like it was like walking on eggshells around her but when she like she changed completely like she's so different and we tell her a lot we remind her and every time we put like in a good way like we tell her like we're so proud of her because she changed for the better and when we tell her like she gets emotional and i think that's what makes me think that she was also going through a lot with my mm -hmm. dad you know not that it's my 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 sister and my fault you know no, no, no. we're not with for no. that but it, it kind of makes me understand that she was suffering a lot she just didn't have an outlet to let like that's like suffering and pain mm -hmm. and anger out 
And my sister and I were her like punching bags at the time, which sucks. <laughs> but yes. you know, at least she's 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 better now, and she she does seem happier too. Like she tr she goes out with her friends and she travels here and there. Like she's doing so she's, she's doing free. better in a way. She's free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I'm I'm so so glad to hear you know that you've gone to therapy, that you've worked through your issues, girl. Because I think you know I'm such pro pro um, therapist and wellness coaches, mm -hmm. whatever works for you. But just do something, yeah. you know, to break those generational curses. So I'm very proud of you. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. And like i said you're an amazing writer i hope everybody goes and checks out your pages and follows you and supports you i cannot wait to see you know what you write about um in your oh, book you. i want to i want to know more and i'm sure that there's so much more oh, to your story but yeah. um, uh -huh. i appreciate your time and you know te quiero quitar toda el afternoon because i could be here all day girl <laughs> <laughs> Hablo tanto que I could be here all day. Pero no, pero aprecio tu tiempo y te lo respeto, you know? Um, what would you say to the little girl inside of you if you had an opportunity now with what you know and the tools that you have? If you could look back at that little girl, what would you tell her? Oh, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I guess based on what I know today, I would just let her know that she, she shouldn't feel like she needs to carry so much weight on her back. Like she shouldn't feel guilty for saying no to whoever she needs to say no to or taking a break when she needs to like she deserves to be happy and work on herself and her mental health without feeling guilty and feeling like the most horrible person in the world because she you know I I would tell her that I will be working on myself and I will be healing for her because she deserves it because she never got a break as a little girl she didn't get a break mm. she kind of like she came out of the womb working and protecting people and being people's shoulder to cry on and being people's punching bag because she felt like that was her responsibility but I'll tell her that she can rest now and she can que ella puede descansar y ser feliz y jugar like todo lo que no jugó cuando estaba chiquita like she can do it now I'm I'm working um, for for us for both of us and for you know future future generations to come so that they don't have to go through what we went through yes. Um, yes. and I would tell her that you know like obviously that I, I love her very much and I'm really proud of her for for holding on as much as she could and, and and doing all the work that she did during all those years oh, that's amazing and I want to give her a hug mm -hmm. I'm giving yeah. her a hug my little, my little girl inside of me is giving your little girl inside of me uh -huh. a little hug thank you Thank because, you. <laughs> wow, the work that you've done is amazing. And now I understand a little bit more about your poetry and what you share with us and why your your words like nos llega el corazón, girl. Like 
it, it makes so much sense now you have so much to share mm. and so much work that you've done I'm, I'm just I'm beyond proud of you as you know as a Mexican American girl también que a lo mejor no tuvimos the exact same story growing up but we have a lot of similarities and I think que la cultura <laughs> es la cultura y that's how our parents were raised you know mm-hmm. but wow are you are you willing to come back girl and share more with us of course yeah I'm always I'm always happy to share like I think And I responded to you so quickly on the DM because I'm always happy to collab with people or find other people or just find ways to, to share our stories because if there's one thing that I've, I've found through social media is that there's so many people that can relate to you. Mm-hmm. And even though it, it makes me so sad to see through my poetry and through all the feedback that it's gotten, it makes me sad to see that we share kind of similar suffering and trauma and as a community as a culture we go through so much and we have to overcome so much so it makes me sad but at the same time it, it, it's kind of you know it, it, it makes my heart warm to know that I'm not alone and there's other people and there are communities to be built and so that's why I, I always I'm a big fan of, of sharing stories and being open and vulnerable online and to the public because that's that's the only way nowadays with you know technology and everything mm-hmm. that we can find people and it's easier now to connect with people. So yes. yeah, remove, I would be I would remove, be more than happy. <laughs> let's remove the taboos and let's remove the stigmas and let's remove you know the Kiran mm-hmm. and all that I'm right with you that I mean that's the whole purpose of our podcast you know um, mm-hmm. to share and to know that we're not alone in this and to share and learn how to embrace our beauty embrace who we are yeah. um, because no matter you know what we've been through what we've gone through we're still human we still matter um, so Wow. Yes. I, I look forward to having you again. Hopefully next yeah. time is in person, girl. I would love to meet I you. I know. I want to give yeah. you such a big hug. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just let me know when you're free. We can meet and we can, you know, talk some more in person con un cafecito or something. Yes. <laughs> you know? Some pan dulce. <laughs> yes, girl. Yeah. We'll definitely hook up and, and do something um, in the future. Um, y, yeah, I look forward to collabing with you again and hearing more of your mm-hmm. stories. And everybody, please go follow her. Trust me, you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank awesome. you so much, and I'm so excited to hear the episode when it comes out. Yes, I will definitely keep in touch. Um, okay. before you're amazing, <laughs> y no pares, please don't. No, I won't. Now I'm really motivated to just write my my next book. Yes, <laughs> like really inspiring to me seeing everybody. You know, como que echándome porras. I'm like, okay, I have a community that supports me now. I can do it. Yes, girl. Yes, por favor. And, you know, I don't expect anything free. I'll pay you for your book, girl. <laughs> I'm that kind of friend. I don't ask for free stuff. I want to support yeah, my friends. Friend. <laughs> yes, I want to support you. I don't want to, 
you know, jalarte para abajo. Quiero subirme para arriba contigo. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you. No, pues mucho amor. Te mando a big hug. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll talk very soon. Ya tienes mi número de teléfono, so we can keep in touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Thank you. We'll keep You're in touch. And thank you so much. Cuídate. Igualmente. Bye-bye. What a great episode, you guys. Um, once again, if you guys are not following her, go ahead and give her a follow. Her um, Instagram and TikTok is under the same name, Capri Scorpi. And that's C-A-P-R-I-S-C-O-R-P-I-E. I'll go ahead and write it on the description for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you next time. Bye. The conversation is never over. Please head over to embracingmymarkings.com to learn how you can join the conversation as well as to learn more about us. Don't forget to follow us on social media to never miss an episode. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at embracingmymarkings. We'll see you there.